it's no longer a nice to have. It's something that we must have in society and in business and in churches and in religious organizations across the world and in any place that we are. Because families are diverse now. It's not like it is something foreign. People know diversity because it's out there. It's in their, in their doorstep. It's inclusion is necessary. Welcome to 3D View. One conversation, three different perspectives. I'm Lamondre Pugh. I am David Perez. And I'm Richard Strikes. Thank you for joining us. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another 3D View. Last episode, we were going through why inclusion is important and what it means. And today, we wanted to go a little deeper into inclusion and understand more how it impacts the world right now, in the modern world, in actually 2021. So we are going to go through how the world has changed, and then we're going to go through what that means for being inclusive and how inclusion could look like in the future, or how the future could look like if we were inclusive. So let's get right into it with how the world has changed. How has it changed for you guys? I think... It's interesting how, from a historical perspective, our connectivity and how information moves back and forth has controlled a lot or has provided control of how people think uh, and the perception of inclusion. So what do I, before we had cell phones, and I know that may be hard to even think back to then, we had things like TV and the news reports on TV that most people uh, absorbed their information in the evening after they had gone work. And then they would react to what they heard about that night um, the next day when they're at work or when they're with their friends or what have you and have discussions and form opinions based on what they heard the night before. The, the idea and concept of that, and then the further back you go in time, that same thing happened. That was basically the same model going back to when we started having movable type. And instead of news, it was just printed the printed page, but it was always the same thing. An individual would digest the information that was given to them, however it was curated at the moment that it was printed or taped or what have you, and then people reacted to it and then had a discussion based on what they digested. The, the, I think one of the large paradigm shifts that occurred, that has occurred as a result of just technology in general, is the fact that now we have these devices that provide absolute instant input and digestion of information at any period of time instantly. And that is... I think has an effect on creating micro pools of informations that people now, in, you would think that would have broadened everything, but what that's done is because there's so much information out there, people have, have pulled in and have now circled around little micro collections of information and decided I'm only going to decide to get my information from these couple sources because they're the sources that think the way I do. And, and that I think can create problems that I think we've seen manifest over time. But anyway, I, I think historically based on how we make decisions and how information was disseminated and ultimately how inclusiveness was digested by a society has changed in the ways that I just, you know, that I just discussed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's real interesting because information has certainly shifted immensely in the, in the last 
what, 10, 20 years or a little more because I'm thinking about the 90s if it was yesterday. But <laughs> <laughs> since the 90s, information flow has completely shifted. And that, of course, is going to change perceptions and how people actually live and, and react to things and understand life. So, yeah, that's really interesting, Richard. I'm Absolutely. Hungry. And it, just to ride right into that. And because the way that we consume information and the way that information is presented, the world has gotten so much smaller, but yet the opinions and the ability to share those opinions have become so diverse before, as Richard was pointing out, before things were really centralized and you would get it, you would get information from some very institutionalized sources that were in some way, shape, and form vetted through their processes. But now I can present my beliefs, my ideas, my understandings to the world and have an audience built into it without vetting, without it going through a process of understanding whether or not these things are true, whether they're verified, or, or even, if, even if they go against the grain of what is considered to be the quote norm unquote and the truth is now because of that there's also no way to check it there is no way to put the genie back in the bottle because that's out there now and so what does that do it does several things one of the first things that it does is great because now very uh, so many other opinions can be represented. So many different positions can be represented. But the issue that comes up with that is that it's awfully hard to know what's true. It's awfully hard to know what's valid. It's awfully hard to know. And when, when I say what is truth, I'm not just saying, is it a lie or is it the truth? But can I trust it? Can I trust this even in society? When we look at some of the things that have happened just in the past year with the, with the pandemic, there was so much misinformation out there about it. So many conspiracies that even now, while we have some pretty effective vaccines out there, there are a lot of people who still won't get it because of mistrust and they're citing sources that seem to have a huge platform but none of it has been verified but still yet the trust is what we're looking at so when we think about how the world has changed when we think about what that means in terms of inclusion i think that the need for inclusion is obvious and and the fact that so many people are now carrying the banner of that the difficulty in that is trusting how we move forward and trusting the information that's given especially the information that we're learning about groups and individuals and organizations that are not necessarily what we are accustomed to while yeah, it's that, a brave new world and while it's strong and, and all those kinds of things it's also the kind of world where trust seems to be diminishing yeah, that's that's absolutely true. And that's something I've heard, not only from you guys, but I think that's a general sentiment. People feel like they can't trust things now. And that's 
not only from people that necessarily believe those conspiracy theories about the vaccines, it's true about everyone. <laughs> everyone is a little scared about the vaccines Absolutely. just because that information's out there. And that happens with a lot of topics and a lot of different things. But more than the flow of information, I'm really interested, especially Lamandre, on, on your perspective of how have you seen inclusion change for you through the years being a black man and a person with a disability in the United States of America? Yeah, it, it certainly, it, things have, uh, here's what's interesting. I think what we've seen now is that more people outside of the community, outside of the African-American community, are now starting to speak against the injustices, are now starting to speak out in terms of protecting the rights of people. Because before, you know, it's amazing. So when George Floyd was murdered on TV, pretty much, people were shocked. People were shocked because they said it's the first time they'd ever seen this. And you know, how, how is this a, a, a thing? How could this happen? And so, it, so it's now, oh, now the alarms are going off. The truth is that had been happening. That had been happening for a long time. There are countless people that I personally know that have lost their lives at the hands of police brutality that never made the news, that it was never publicized. And think about it. I mean, we saw what happened to, to George Floyd and how he was murdered. But we also saw that same videotape back in the 90s with Rodney King. It just so happens that he did not die from it, but it was brutal. And here's the thing. With that, what we recognized was that while things are changing, the truth is things are still very much the same and we're still fighting. We're still fighting. So while the while it's being publicized more and while we have people who are standing up and are making changes, we're still dealing with, we're still dealing with how do we get that knife out of our back? We're still dealing with how do we really make it something that's long-term and sustainable and not just for, oh, this is the instance that's happening right now. So that is an important key. That is an important differentiator in terms of where we were then and where we are now. And I believe that while we have made significant progress in that, that we've got a long way to go, a long way to go. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I think certainly how people are digesting the information and the broader general awareness to these issues. Because like you said, the issues aren't anything new. I think what's happened is a lot broader amount of individuals have suddenly become hyper more aware of them. And again, a lot of that has to do with the cell phones, with the fact that there were, you know, the, these homemade videos, the cell phone videos of the incident, and it wasn't a controlled, distilled version of those events through a controlled outlet of a television station or, or a news agency or the police agency directing how the events transpired because there was no video of it. When it was as stark as seeing the the, the, the live video, the unfiltered, the unedited video of, of those events, I think that's a major tipping point to convincing people that, wow, this is just 
horribly wrong. This is inhuman, even though, uh, to your point, th th these are events and activities that have been going on for, for a long time. It was just how I think they were presented and distilled also with everything that was going on with with what uh, the divisiveness of the country and the environment that was happening. So all of these things mixing and creating the absolute right environment that created this horrible outrage for right. it that should have always been there, but for all the reasons that we talked about before, weren't necessarily there. And creating this movement now that, to your point about sustainability, I think it hit a tipping point. I think it was on the trajectory of being a typical news cycle, like we've seen in the past on some of these events when they get reported to on locally, but never hit the national circuits. And then it, it just follows the typical, uh, however uh, horrible that is, it follows the typical news cycle and then every, everyone moves on. I, I think the tipping point was that as this movement moved at the global level, it's not going to go away so easily, and it hasn't. The the and, and that I think is goes back to how things are so different now than they were then, where right. all of these all individuals have the ability to be able to present their viewpoints, present their opinions, present their the video that they shot of X Y Z event, and create produce a narrative that doesn't need to be distilled. Everyone that's watching it can see and make their own unfettered decision about what's happening and the injustice of what's happening. And yeah. that, I think, is what is what's so important about now compared to in, in the past and why um, inclusion has been affected by us as we move into these, this new this new time. Yeah. And I, I will say, let me add this, too, because I think that this 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 is so important. I think that one of the things and, and, and I know we're going to talk more about information right now but i think one of the things that was so important and why this is so interconnected to inclusion is because everything that happens local is now global yes from even though it happened on my street on my corner is being throughout the world and when it's being throughout the world if people can see themselves in that mm -hmm. that changes how we respond to it. So one of the things about information being readily available the way that it is now is it allows it allows people to see themselves in my situation or allows me to see myself in your situation. For example, the thing that we're doing right now. So everyone is in their own particular home offices. And other than this technology being available, I would have no idea what David's world is like other than what he presented over a phone call or in an email. But now I'm actually looking at Richard's background. I'm actually seeing the map of the world. I'm actually, David is a coffee drinker, but I wouldn't know that if we were just conversing, but I always see his coffee cup. And so I know that he really loves coffee. And so what I'm getting are glimpses of his world that really makes him more human to me. He is not just the guy over in Costa Rica that a colleague that I work with, but I see a part of David's world. And I think that is how the world has changed. Technology has allowed inclusion to become more at the forefront because it allows us to tap instantaneously into each other's world, therefore making us all more human. <laughs> yeah, and there are good sides of every story, right? Absolutely. I think that's absolutely what we need to realize, that 
the changes that we see are sometimes they are they are for good because even though the the world has become a lot more complex thanks to to all of these advancements and the technology and the conspiracy theories and everything there's also a, like a bigger opportunity for change <laughs> it's it, it's right. it's beautiful because yeah globalization is a thing now i remember when i was in fourth grade i don't know why i have this memory of being in fourth grade and doing a, a group project and they separated us in groups and we had to do something in big letters and they were talking to us about globalization as the thing that was going to change the world because the world was going to be interconnected and whatnot and this is i think 1998 or something like that and having grown in that i have really seen the world change like I have seen how the world has changed absolutely. Conversations have shifted. Things are no longer the same because it, it we had to look at the world from a different lens. Now everything is is close. Everything is is near and that means that everything affects us. And with that I think that that the conversation about inclusion as you were saying has grown, matured in a way that So that's what I want to explore now. How inclusion it's no longer something that you can just use as a buzzword or and do nothing about for 10 years. Now people are demanding action. So what do you think about that? I I think to your point and I think the younger generations is this is the absolute driving point behind this because they're the consumers that are coming up. And because as you, I love the story that you said, you're, there you were in fourth grade and globalization was something that was being discussed and talked about at that level, which means that through your entire educational career and now that was something that was pertinent and important. That was a discussion that wasn't, that I wasn't hearing until I was 25, 30. So I have 25 years of baggage of sort of an other mentality that I was brought up through that didn't necessarily include those level of conversations, which means that as I'm hearing them as, as an older individual getting 25 and 30 years old, that I had to filter what I was hearing through the baggage of all the other information that I had been weaned through as I was growing up to that point. Mm-hmm. Those are very different types of processes that are happening in, in one's head and what's subconsciously happening as a result. And so how that affects the decision-making process forward and why corporations are interested and why this is such an important thing for the sustainability of companies is that they realize that as the generations are transitioning and the consumer, the large portion of the consumership of, of, of consumer dollars is coming from now your age group, right? That's I'm on the sunset part of, of, of the generational fiscal uh, uh, benefit to corporations, <laughs> <laughs> but you're not, right? You're what's happening now. You're what's coming up. So you're the target group now. And that generation is far more interested, far more conscious, far more aware, and are making decisions that affect corporations, whether it's an investment, whether it's buying products, whether it's buying a car, whatever, buying groceries, it, it doesn't matter. You're making decisions based on how that organization, how that company is posturing and positioning itself in this sort of larger global inclusiveness world that that we're in and making buying decisions, purchasing decisions on that is a huge deal for companies. And so I, I think 
that makes that makes a huge difference a, in in our more modern times now compared to previous times and why inclusion matters to to companies and organizations yeah i tell you i would probably say middle school high school when i first started hearing about globalization and really started to understand what that actually meant and certainly at the when we first had the first gulf war those conversations really became uh, really intense yeah. and starting to think about, wait a minute, so what does that mean for us? How does that change us? And honestly, we had no idea. There was so much fear that was wrapped around that because yeah. it was the concept was that we would lose who we were, that we would lose the very essence of what it meant to be X, Y, Z, because it's all global now. And so there was a lot of fear. There was a lot of fear moving into that. But once we started really looking at it from the perspective of what that means, particularly when the internet took off and we realized that, wait a minute, we can connect with people. Wait a minute, you mean in my house, I can connect with someone in Botswana? You know, that was, that's when, that's when we started realizing potential in, in, in terms of just everyday individual people. And of course, when business started to thrive from that, when small companies and small businesses started looking just like large corporations and people all of a sudden realized the entrepreneurial legs that the internet provided and what that meant for people's lives and that I didn't just have to be a hit in my local town, but I could be a hit in other places as well and really make a, a living off of this. That's when I believe I really began to embrace the concept of what it meant to be global and why diversity was so important. Because growing up with a disability, particularly in South Carolina, mm. it, it was either you were either you were an attorney, you were high up in the educational system, or you were at home and you didn't contribute very much. And there was very little in the middle in terms of what was available. And and I, I and to be honest with you, I've even seen situations where people had their PhDs and were told that they were going to die in a nursing home because because the world simply was not ready for them, even though they had all the qualities, even though they had the qualifications and everything. That was the reality. But once things like the internet came around and, and we could connect and we could share our expertise and passions and desires and skills. All of that changed. All of that changed. But the other thing that changed was the fact that if you wanted access to that kind of expertise, if you wanted that access to that kind of skill, that you had to be willing to embrace inclusion. You had to be willing to embrace that diversity. And that's when we started learning that there was strength in our diversity, that the idea was not to assimilate, that the idea was not to be like what already existed or to work towards a medium, but to really live in the truth of who you are and what you are. And it was important. It was important. And yeah, that that's how I see it has changed from a nice to have to a must have. Yeah. It really is now a must-have, and, and I agree completely with you guys. And one thing that I always like to bring to this conversation is that it's a must-have because it, it's costing us not to be inclusive. 
only excluding the community of people with disabilities, which is estimated to be around 15% of the population of the world, is costing 7% of the world's GDP. Mm. That's an amount of money that I can't even (laughs) name, (laughs) let alone write. (laughs) It's incredible what we are losing by not including everyone in conversations about economic growth, about social development, about human development in general. So this is the fact that when, when we embrace inclusivity, diversity, pluralism, multiculturalism, everything in, in all its forms, we can thrive. And that's what we're going to be looking at in the future. So really quickly, before, before we run out of time, I, I really want to hear from you guys how you think inclusion can impact the future. Wow. I think inclusion in the future, in my thinking, is bright, is we are going to be looking at a world that has a lot less of these issues and challenges that we see right now. The divisiveness will will melt away, and that may be simply just a matter of pure attrition. But, but certainly, I, I think the world itself is going to be a much better place because of the individuals that are coming up, the younger generation that, are, that automatically have this idea of inclusion and universality as just part of the fabric of how they think, um, as opposed to being something that's layered on top of old thinking. That, I think, is a huge game changer and and makes the future very bright yeah i believe inclusion is the future i think that that without inclusion there there is no future because once again once the genie is out of the bottle it's awfully hard to put that genie back Mm -hmm. in and i believe that we will continue to see more opportunities open up i believe that we'll see i believe that we'll see diversity in systems that come about because of the inclusion and I, I, I really think that communities that have been marginalized will begin to move from the margins and we'll redefine what is mainstream. We'll redefine what it means to be a part of the mass. And so I believe the future is bright. And also, I am so thankful for the younger generations that are coming up behind us that are leading in that so thank you yeah well this is such a rich conversation it's incredible what inclusion can do for for society as it will bring better answers to all the problems that we have because people that have been excluded could have the answers to the problems that have plighted society for forever for generations so Inclusion is just going to make the world a better place, not only for them, but for everyone. And I think that's beautiful. And that's something that we need to fight for as much as we can from our corner of the world. Thank you for listening and, and thank you for joining us in this conversation. We would love to hear from you on Facebook or wherever you can reach us. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us this week on 3D View. Make sure to visit our website, ruglobal.com slash 3D View. That's ruhglobal.com slash 3D Or you can subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts or join our YouTube channel so you will never miss a show. While you're at it, if you find value in the show, we appreciate it if you would leave a like or comment or simply tell a friend about the show. That would really help us a lot too. If you would like to join our conversations, you can join our Facebook community, 3D View, 3 Perspectives, 1 Conversation. 